So if you were to if you were to look back in your past, mm-hmm. when do you remember procrastination first being a problem for you? Uh, sixth grade. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I was Tell thinking about, about this. Uh, there was a book report. I was supposed to read some book, and I just didn't want to, and I just put it off. And it was, you know, my teacher, there was nothing anyone could do to make me read this book. And I was, you know, a pretty good student. But yeah, that's the first time I was like, absolutely not. I'm not doing this for no good reason. Welcome to How To. I'm Charles Duhigg. This week, we're talking with a listener who has a problem that particularly right now can be really tough. Procrastination. With lots of us working from home, putting things off can feel especially easy because there's so many things on our minds and and there's fewer coworkers around to hold us accountable. But the thing about procrastination is it can make us feel even more stressed. And as our listener this week knows quite well, it can also stand in the way of achieving our dreams. Meet Marie from New York City. I am a games-based concept dog trainer. Basically, Marie helps dog owners train their pets to, like, sit and stay by playing games with them. My business has been growing um, by leaps and bounds in the past year. And I'd like to reach more people and help um, people who can't necessarily afford a one-to-one consultation with their dogs. To do that, Marie spent all this money on an app platform. and, And all she had to do was log on and record the videos. I really wanted to put together a training app with courses and videos and advice for people to access and have a good resource. So I signed up for it, I paid for it, and then I did nothing with it. Marie said that once she signed up, she felt like her motivation kind of stalled out. She kept telling herself, you know, tomorrow I'm going to shoot the video I need. And then the next day, she'd come up with some reason to put it off one more day. And then pretty soon, a few months had passed. So I've had all these ideas sort of sketched out on a notepad and floating around in my head. Okay, so so it sounds like, but but how long have you been waiting to make the content? A year. A a year? (laughs) Oh, no, I've already shelled out money to have, you know, a good chunk of money to have this app built. It's built. It's done. I have an account. um, And I've already told people. I've shown clients my prototype. I just need to put the content in there. So in other words... Marie has paid up front for everything she needs for this app, and and she's been paying for it for a full year, but she hasn't actually made any of the videos that she needs to launch it. And every time Marie plans to make a training video, which only takes a few minutes to record, she ends up organizing her closet or, or prepping for dinner or baking treats for her dogs, Wiggles and Russ. I just, every day, I know it's there, it's on my list of stuff to do, and then I wind up thinking I'm going to do it tomorrow, or I'm too tired, or I get lost in like some little minutia of starting, like should it, which font should it be like Helvetica or Arial or something like that. But it's been a year now that you've been meaning to make these videos. Do you have a history of of procrastination? I was, I got my BFA in photography actually. And, you know, they give assignments every week and you have your homework and I would never do it um, or I'd only halfway do it. And then, uh, you know, Two weeks before the exam, I'd start to get that anxiety. Like, I should do this. I should really sit down tonight and do this. And then it'd be the next night and the next night. And then, you know, three nights before, I would find a tutor and just sit down and, um, you know, cram through it and just get through an exam and do good enough. But also, I didn't do my best. I think we can all relate to that to some degree. 
There are these times when it's so easy to put things off because they're really hard or, or we get distracted or it's it just seems like more fun to mindlessly scroll through Twitter, even though I always feel super bad after I do it. So how do we stop procrastinating? Can we help Marie figure out how to finally make these videos and launch her app? When we come back, we'll talk to a behavioral scientist, someone who went through this terrible ordeal, but came out of it with a unique understanding of how to stop putting things off. Stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Dan, you take me take me way back. You're a behavioral economist. How did you get interested in this in the first place? Um, I was badly burned many years ago. Um, there was a terrible explosion, and I was burning about 70% of my body. This is Dan Ariely, a professor of psychology and behavioral economics at Duke University. Dan's accident occurred years ago when he was 17 years old and living in Israel. He, he was in this building and these magnesium flares ignited. And to escape, he had to run through the flames, um, burning most of his body. The burns were so severe that they required years of hospitalization. And I spent almost three years in hospital. Oh my and God. hospitals are places that you could observe a lot, a lot of human irrationality. And, and the thing that was very difficult for me every day was the bath treatment. Hmm. So if you're a burn patient, you have bandages, and they need to come off every day. It's very, very painful to take them off. And because I had so many burns, it would just take forever. And the big thing that I used to have debates with the nurses on an almost daily basis was whether we should take the bandages off slowly or quickly. And you can imagine that if you take slowly... The pain, the momentary pain is not that high, but it takes much, much longer. And if you do it quickly, the momentary pain is terrible, but it takes less time overall. Yeah. And the nurses believed in the quick ripping approach, and I didn't believe in that approach, <laughs> but they were in charge. Once he recovered, Dan went on to study psychology and, and things like how we make choices when we're in pain or when we're confronting pain. And he learned that contrary to what his nurses believed, it's best to minimize the intensity of pain rather than how long it lasts. And I proved that the nurses were wrong. I proved oh. it. Uh, and that kind of got me thinking more generally about what are the beliefs that we hold that are just wrong, that we think we do, we're helping people out by doing X, Y, and Z, but in fact, that's not in people's benefit. 
Eventually, Dan went on to write several books on how people make choices and and the mistakes that we make, including the bestseller Predictably Irrational, The Hidden Forces That Shape Our Decisions. And so there's lots of reasons why we don't perceive things. And the remedy for this is, of course, to do experiments and to test it and to be sure. But there are so many things that we're so sure about that we we don't even want to test it. One of the irrational behaviors that Dan spent a lot of time looking at is procrastination. And the first big insight he had was that, for our brains, procrastination is about making a calculation. It's about now versus later, cooking now versus health later, watching something fun on TV versus getting some more progress toward the project later. And uh, the reality is that we fail on this in, in all kinds of ways. Um, and, and we fail on this because we're not good at it to start with. So there was this analysis that looked at what is the percentage of human mortality that happens too early, we accelerate our death because we make bad decisions. And when they estimated this data about 100 years ago, it was about 10%. Think about 100 years ago, how could you make a bad decision and kill yourself? And now it's slightly more than 40%. Oh, my gosh. What happened? Are we we more stupid? No, we're not more stupid. We just surround ourselves with better temptation. Marie, does does this sound familiar to you? Like, does this sort of feel like it it describes that what you're dealing with every day? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, being in an environment that uh, has all these distractions and temptations, you know, Instagram versus shutting that down and focusing on what I want to do. There are so many temptations for my attention, which is really what um, I'm trying to, um, you know, lasso here. So. Well, and yesterday morning, so yesterday morning when you mm-hmm. when you had set aside this time to to work on your to-do list and then you didn't end up working on your to-do list, mm-hmm. like, like take me through what did you actually spend your time doing instead? Well, I took my dogs out to my yard and, okay. uh, you know, I put my, uh, uh, you know, my little iPad in front of me and I had opened up my, you know, app that I was going to use to sketch out all of this stuff. But then, um, you know, every once in a while I hit a new tab or I just sit there and I'm thinking and then, you know, I've got to throw a ball for the dogs and, you know, and then it, that it's more fun to play with the dogs. So yeah. it's just, you know, my attention was not going to get focused to get something done and actually mount my camera and turn on the video and say, connect a microphone or something. Right. Like those three steps are too much versus, oh, I'm just going to go play and I'll do it in a second. When you're working at home, what's the most common procrastination that you find yourself in? Organizing anything around me into categories, whether it's like my Gmail contacts or my photos uh, that I already have. They don't need to be organized, but I'm, you know, putting them into even more precise folders. Right. Okay, or, you know. so it's not like you're like watching TV or like eating bonbons. Like you're doing these things that to someone else might seem like kind of boring work, but she's doing it instead yeah, so of the stuff she's supposed to get done. From Marie's description, um, what she's doing is what we call structured procrastination. Uh, these are the people who make to-do lists, and the first thing on the to-do list is make a to-do list, and then when they make the to-do <laughs> list, they can check it off. It's, and and <laughs> the reason she's doing it is that the things she's trying to do don't have short-term rewards. They okay. are complex and difficult. Uh, they involve thinking and uncertainty. You can spend the whole day taking videos and not liking anything you did. If you if you organize your photos, you get to say, I did something. So when it comes to rewarding, we want to feel progress. 
And sadly, there's lots of things that we need to do that don't give us progress indicators. Dan's familiar with this problem of not getting immediate rewards. For instance, when he finally got out of the hospital a few years after he was burned, he found out that he had become infected with hepatitis C from a blood transfusion. And so he had to inject himself with this medicine every other day. And if he did these injections, then eventually down the road, it would cure the hep C. But in the short term, they were incredibly painful and they caused these terrible side effects. So, so I basically made a deal with myself. And uh, I like movies. So when I was on this hep C regimen, I made a deal with myself that every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, which were the injection days, I would first thing in the morning go to the video store. There used to be video stores at the time. <laughs> uh, I would rent two or three videos I really wanted to watch. I would carry them in my backpack the whole day, looking forward to watching them. I would get home in the evening. I would put a video in the VCR. I would take an injection. I would inject myself, and then I would press play. And and I arranged my bed in front of the TV, and I had a bucket and a blanket. I was all ready for the shivering and the side effects and the vomiting. But the thing was that I connected something I did not want, the injection, with something I wanted, the videos. And the idea is that being healthy in 30 years is just not that motivating. But doing something that is an immediate reward is, is motivating. And we call this reward substitution. Huh. And the idea is that the real thing is sometimes just too far in the future. And when it's too far in the future, its reward power is not high enough. So, so in, this, in this case, what you can say, oh, the reward of one day having your own app is going to be enough. No. Too far in the future, uncertain, not going to be sufficiently strong. What you need to do is you need to create an immediate reward for doing the work, not for the outcome. When we come back, Dan will help Marie figure out which reward she needs to help her complete her to-do list. Don't put off hearing what comes next. This episode is brought to you by Defender. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and the interior is built with robust materials and integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off road challenges or harsh weather conditions, built for the modern explorer, the Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. And cargo capacity means more room for your gear. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. A vehicle made to go further, the Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. 
Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. On Death, Sex, and Money, we feature interviews with you, our community of listeners, getting honest about uncomfortable things. I developed an illness where it isn't safe for me to drive. A friend once said to me, sex is like air. You don't think about it until you're not getting enough. This is a similar sort of thing if you just replace sex with driving. Listen to Death, Sex, and Money wherever you get podcasts. We're back with our listener, Marie, and our expert, Dan Ariely. So, okay, so Marie, let, let's let's try this out. So... What reward would you give yourself that you really enjoy if you sit down and you make the 10-minute video? And it doesn't matter how good the video is or how bad it is because we're rewarding the effort and not the outcome. Okay. Um, I would then get to put all my tech aside and have a good 20 minutes in the yard with just me and the dogs. Is is that going to work for Marie or does she need a reward that's very different from the activity that she's doing? Yeah. So so in an ideal way, that wouldn't be her reward because you want a separation and you want something else. But, but you know, when you hear her, she's so excited about these dogs. I, I don't know if we have another option. So, you know, Marie, you tell us. Is, what, what else is going on in your life outside <laughs> of the dogs? Uh, it's basically all dogs. Um, <laughs> Can you get a different hobby like uh, you know, whiskey <laughs> <Yeah>. or? <laughs> yeah, I'll do a shot of whiskey in the morning. <laughs> um, I think, you know, I can definitely differentiate between now we're working and we're doing, uh, you know, my dogs are working and we're doing some filming. And then after that, there's a sort of release and happiness. And maybe you can separate even more. I don't know if you can uh, take their color off or Oh, yeah. Uh, do something else that would just separate the two periods. So that's a, sort of ritualize it a little bit so that you're mm-hmm. in your yep. mind, you're thinking this is our work time and this is our play time. No, that's great because we do that in dog training anyway. So, you know, putting a collar on and saying, okay, we're working now and then taking the collar off and saying play time is, is pretty natural. They'll understand it. I understand it. So that's perfect. Here's our first rule. If you're putting off a long-term project, particularly one where the result is uncertain or the reward will take a long time to arrive, find a way to reward yourself as fast as you can just for getting it done. That short-term anticipation will keep you going, even if it's hard to see your long-term progress. And then there's another tactic. Make the hard choices easier. So, for example, I have in my office one of those desks that go up and down. Mm-hmm. Uh, standing desk. They can be sitting and standing. And and what I found is that if when I leave the office, for example, when I leave it tonight, uh, if I leave it in the up position, I come in the morning and I stand. But if I leave it at night in the down position, I come in the morning and I and I sit. So mm. so I, I set my own default. So one question is how do we set it up so that the good behavior is the easiest? Okay. Okay. So so let's let's 
try it. Let, let's let's figure out a plan for tomorrow. So so you use your phone to make these videos, right? W- what if you were to set up your gear, like your phone and your stand, the, the night before? Does that make sense? Yes, I can get my little uh, phone stand, make sure my phone is charged, and even um, and get that all set up so that it's when I leave the door to take my dogs into the yard, I can grab that as well. I'll put it next to the leashes. How long is each one of those videos? You know, 30 seconds to five minutes, say. And how many of them do you want to make a day? One. I would say I'd want to make well, three okay. a week, including editing. Okay, great. And uh, what time do you usually wake up? Uh, 6 a.m. Okay. And ideally, at what time would you start filming? 7 a.m. Okay. So... Um, so why don't you write in your calendar mm-hmm. um, a 45-minute block mm-hmm. from 7 to 7.45. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first 15 minutes will be to decide what you're going to film. Okay. And you'll make a list and you'll keep on thinking about what else you want to do. Uh, by the end of those 15 minutes, uh-huh. you'll pick the best idea you have up to that point. There's a timer. Mm-hmm. When uh, 7.15 is there... The best idea that you have, you start shooting. Okay. And you basically shoot that film over and over okay. until the half an hour is over or until you're happy, right? And then you get your reward. Here's our next rule. And it relies on this idea of choice architecture, of, of designing your environment to make starting a task as easy as possible. It, that means everything from setting up your equipment the night before to, to blocking out a time in your calendar with specific instructions on what to do and a time limit for when you stop what you're doing and, and start the next task. To just hear him say, pick the best idea, keep filming until you know there's a time limit or you're happy, that's just such a simple idea that you know it breaks. It doesn't make it like... My whole identity is tied up with whether this is an awesome video and I look great in this video. It's like, just get it done. It might not be fantastic, but just do it. Dan, how frequently is that part of procrastination that, like, people don't know where to start or or just even starting is, like, tied up in all these, like, huge things in their heads that are terrifying? With many projects, uh, what happens is that the enemy of big projects is is fear that this is just too big and I don't know how to start and I don't want to... Uh, look foolish, and I don't want to make a mistake. And breaking it into into small components and and just starting is is really important. But what about accountability? Now, in this case, you have your commitment for your dogs, and you know I haven't done any studies on commitment to dogs, but, <laughs> but commitment to others are very important. There's lots of things that when other people depend on us, we kind of rise to the occasion. What what can you do on accountability? I can just text. To someone, uh, and actually uh, a friend of mine just came into my head who's always awake at the same time. And uh, what I've been doing most mornings is she loves my dog, so she'll say, where's Wiggles? And I'll send her a picture of Wiggles. So um, I can send her a picture of Wiggles and say, video done once I'm done. And then I can ask her to call me and yell at me if I don't do that. So it's it's tied into something I'm already doing. Yeah, tied to something you're doing. Um, you're asking a friend to do um, there's a whole range of things uh, you could do, and, and you can start um, making it more powerful. So, for example, uh, what if you told your friend that on every day you don't do it, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you also buy her coffee? Mm. Mm. <laughs> right? You can, you can, you can give her an incentive. Yeah, no, that's perfect. 
point is that that th- there's ways to make this accountability uh, larger, right? Oh. And more more powerful, more pronounced. Uh, you can have a friend, uh, you can have embarrassment, uh, mm-hmm. you can post things on Facebook and say, "I failed again today." Mm-hmm. The point is that you want to make um, both the reward of doing the right thing and the accountability for this higher. Here's our third rule. Find someone to hold you accountable and to heighten the stakes. You'll be more likely to complete a task if you know that someone is waiting for you to do it and if there might be negative consequences if you fail. You know, one of the things that occurs to me in hearing you talk about your experiences, it sounds like it sounds like you're a, a pretty organized professional person, right? It's it's not it's when you're procrastinating, you're doing useful, productive things. I'm wondering. Is there something deeper that might be going on that's that's getting in your way? Um, probably insecurities. Uh, I've been a dog trainer for this. Is, I'm going into my fifth year. Um, and so there's many different camps of training, lots of um, controversies online. So to just sort of throw my hat in there and be just, a, you know, open myself up to people saying, well, at, you know, what you're doing is wrong. What you're doing is right. You know, it's going to be a whole lot of opinions coming in. I think maybe that... Um, is is driving a lot of the um, the procrastination. That once you put those videos out there, maybe pe- like, like people might start criticizing you for the videos oh, and, yeah, and disagreeing with how you're doing it. Or if, you know, I put this app out there and it's downloaded 10 times and then it's just a dud. You know, what yeah. that sort of, I've been work, having this in my head for a long, you know, over a year. Um, so then to to actually have to do it and put it out there and risk having it fail, then then what? What do you think of that, Dan? Like, how much does that play into... We've been talking about procrastination as kind of this, like, calculus in people's heads between short-term rewards and long-term rewards. But then there's this backdrop of, of being scared about s- trying something because we might learn that we made a big mistake... Yeah. And regret is a really interesting emotion. Regret is about the fact that we compare ourselves to a different state that we could have been in. If you don't do anything new, uh, there's never an opportunity for regret. You can never say, oh, why did I do that? Because you just didn't do anything. You did the same thing every day. Uh, But if you do something new, something big, there's an asymmetrical chance that you will say, ah, I should have done something differently. When we make big courageous steps, uh, there's a chance for failure. And that chance for failure this is, is non, in a non-symmetrical way is influencing our lives. So we uh, often don't do enough of those, uh, those brave, brave steps. Does that sound familiar to you, Marie? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I could, I've, could definitely just continue in my own little niche here where I do one-on-one consultations, I have a little puppy class, but for whatever reason, I still have these more grand ideas of wanting to connect people with, um, you know, some positive training and connect people who are having struggles with their dogs and make dogs' lives better because, you know, I work in New York City and they're all, it's kind of crazy for everyone, especially an animal living here. So I feel that motivation to try and make it better. But then again, it's the whole, I might fail. Um, why am I even trying to do this? You might feel mm-hmm. regret. 
Yeah, and and in my one-to-one sessions, like today I had some great sessions. A puppy learned something really nice, and the owners were really happy, and there's like, you know, talk about immediate rewards. The reward was right there. I have this image of of a a dog trainer. We're training the dog trainer. We're trying to figure out the... Exactly. (laughs) And that's the thing, that we look at risk uh, sometimes. We look at it every time as the downside. We focus on the downside of one thing. So we don't do it. And then we focus on the downside of another thing and we don't do it. But at the end of the, of the day, we, we live in life that we don't live to the risk we would have liked to take. Here's our last rule. Sometimes you just have to take a step back and think about what is really holding you back from completing this thing you want to get done. The biggest reason for your procrastination might be some block you just haven't admitted to yourself. Maybe you're afraid you'll fail, or, or or maybe you're afraid you'll succeed and not know what to do next. But it's only by acknowledging that fear that you make it easier to deal with and to get over. I mean, it, it sounds like a little bit what you're saying, Dan, is is for you, Marie, mm-hmm. that if you wake up tomorrow and you make this video mm-hmm. and it's disappointing, you probably are going to feel some regret. You gave up a previous career you've spent $1,200, you make the video, and it it doesn't seem that great. But but if you do it every day, right? if you do it every day, eventually that video might be pretty good. And not only that, but if another year goes by... Exactly. I'm here because I realized a year has gone by, and I have that regret of like, why can't I move forward? And yeah. I should have done this. And And a lot of it is just me kicking myself saying, why don't you just get up and do this? And, you know, I don't think it's that unusual, the thing that you're dealing with. I think whether you're successful or unsuccessful or smart or not smart or rich mm-hmm. or poor, everyone I know mm-hmm. struggles with the same thing. The thing that I love about about your research, Dan, is that it points out all of us struggle with this all the time. The fact that we struggle with it doesn't mean that we're bad or that we failed. Mm-hmm. It's not admitting that we're struggling with it that is the failure. And once we admit it then actually it, it's easier to deal with. I think it's right because then you, A, you admit it and B, you're moving to the situation of looking for solutions. And basically that I think will help you with the long-term motivation, right? That in in 60 days from now when you have uh, many videos, it's you're saying, okay, look look at this uh, pile that I've uh, accumulated and amassed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that 60th video is going to be so much better than the first one. Right, yeah. I can't get better until I actually start doing them. And now I've got the system that Dan, you know, laid out so easily for me. Um, You know, I'm like, why didn't I think of that? It's so simple. Um, You know, I feel like now I've got a plan. So I think that in six months, there's like no way it won't happen. Thank you to Marie for sharing her story with us. We can't wait to see your dog training videos when they're up. And you can check them out yourself at allforlaz.com. That's allforlaz.com. As our website says, prepare to be bow-wowed. And thank you to Dan Ariely for his fantastic advice. You should definitely check out all of his books, including his latest book, Dollars and Cents. Do you have a problem that needs solving? Send us a note at howtoatslate.com and we might be able to help. That's howtoatslate.com. Also, just a quick reminder to send us your questions about life under quarantine and your solutions. 
what's working for you that the rest of us can learn from? If you got something, call and leave us a voicemail at 646-495-4001. How To's executive producer is Derek John. Rachel Allen is our production assistant, and Merritt Jacob is our engineer. Our theme music is by Hannes Brown. June Thomas is the senior managing producer of Slate Podcasts, and Gabriel Roth is Slate's editorial director for audio. Special thanks to Sung Park and Asha Saluja. I'm Charles Duhigg. Stay healthy, and thanks for listening. Listener.